Welcome back to the show. Once again, I am your host, Hayden Oakley, and this is the Old Ego Podcast. On this episode, I was joined by Tom Armstrong. He is the vocalist and frontman for both Earthbound and uh, Advocates. Uh, he's been the new addition to that piece. And um, yeah, man, he's just like an all-around great guy, fucking awesome vocalist. And you know, we had a really good chat about our early days, both playing in local bands. And we actually played together a few times. And uh, his band, how they absolutely fucking butchered a killer's song. Don't... Yeah, let's not dwell too much on that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm playing. We had a good laugh and it was a really good chat. Uh, we also caught up about, um, you know, some personal history that kind of we had an overlap with and, um, you know, we lost a really close friend and how that kind of affected him creatively and, you know, moving forward, you know, the rest of his life. And I don't know, we, we, we kind of went, we got dark, we got light again and Tom's just all around a great guy and this was an awesome chat. So without further ado, here's the show. Check it out. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you for jumping on. How are you going, man? Thank you very much, dude. Thanks for inviting me. I'm going very well tonight. Thank you very much. How you are you? Uh, just finished up. A- well, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We just like had a little quick chat for the uh, for the listeners out there already. We already talked about our day and we're pretending now. But um, <laughs> you've been working full time through the pandemic, have you? Yeah, I have. Um, JB's kept me busy, I guess. Um, but they kept me employed, which is the main thing, which is the important yeah. thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So I've just been working throughout, dude. Um, nothing has really changed in the way um, of my s- scheduling and you know habits. I suppose just the work's changed a bit because we have no customers. But hey, we adapt, we adjust. It is what yeah, it is. No customers isn't a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is less stressful, I find, at least. Like, not having to deal with, like, front face-to-face customer interactions. It feels much better. At least for me. I mean, it's like, um... It's double-edged sword. Like, on the one hand, yes, customers... Some customers can be a pain in the ass. But you do have your good customers. And it is nice to have yeah. that interaction and that, like, focused work to do. Um, with everything operating just, like, online only... In the background, sometimes it, you can just catch up with everything and then you're left with like, all right, what do I do now? Um, at least when we had customers yeah. coming in and out, there was always something to do. But, you know. Well, hey, another bonus. Now you can go into work looking like a schlub and no one cares. So, I, Yeah, exactly. I've actually, <laughs> I actually, it's funny. I, I've spent more days dressing up and wearing fancy stuff to work during um, stage four restrictions than I have when I was you know, with customers, I've gone into work with like these like um, silk, fancy, stupid button-up <laughs> shirts. They look dope as fuck, um, looking fly. I never would have worn that beforehand with customers around. So I'm just like, you know, whatever. I'm just gonna dress up. I, I feel yeah, like man. It. I mean, like, if there's anything that you can actually make an effort for, like right now, it's like that's something. Yeah, <laughs> right yeah. now it's like. It's like, oh, yeah, what was the last time, you know, you went outside and saw the fucking sun? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Oh, my God. No, I I, <laughs> I went for a walk um, the other day and I, I literally was, had my arms out. I was looking at it. I was like, my God, this feels wonderful. I can actually feel sunlight. <laughs> I haven't, I've been in JB Hi-Fi, which is artificial lights everywhere. And then I've come straight home and, like, I haven't bothered to go out for walks much at all except for, like, the one time last week. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, you can physically feel, like, the vitamin D entering your body. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Enough coronavirus talk. 
um, let's talk business. So, um, on this pod, we like to talk about uh, the creative journey, uh, how it begins and how it develops and, and, and the challenges overcome by creatives, you know, along their path. Uh, every single creative has their own their own way to navigate through this, you know, tumultuous kind of experience that is, you know, coming, coming to terms with like what your creative uh, passion and drive is and how you manifest that. So, you know, we kind of start this like right from the beginning. Um, so, tell me a little bit about what your upbringing uh, has kind of been like, um, what kind of family you come from, what your family structure is, you know, in those early years, like, you know, uh, kind of just coming up into like primary school, heading into high school years. What was that like for you? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I come from a family of four, including myself. So, uh, I've got a younger sister and mum and dad. Um, I mean... We've always just been out in the suburbs, like in Croydon, sort of way. Like I've, I've been here my whole life, um, pretty much. Um, growing up in primary school, I mean, it was just chill. Like we went to like both my primary school and my high school were both like Catholic schools. So I went to Sacred Heart in Croydon, and then um, Mount Lilydale in well, Lilydale. Um, but I wouldn't say we were ever religious per se. I just think it was just more like, I think my parents liked the idea of Catholic schools. They, you know, better values and better education or some, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, I definitely that, get yeah. that. I, my parents did the same thing. I went to a Catholic primary school and that was like, I don't know, it was like kind of a weird thing. It was like, I'm doing all this like Catholic study stuff and I go home and go to my parents like, hey, what's all this about? And they're like, oh no, you make up your mind. I'm like, <laughs> God, that's a lot of responsibility to put in a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what to think. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I come here for and like, look up to you. You tell me what to do, ma. <laughs> yeah, you're the boss. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Uh, so, um, I, I suppose like in that sort of respect, if you want to get a bit more nitty gritty, um, dabbling in that religion sort of thing, like. Um, I mean, growing up, w- when it's what you're taught when you go into primary school, um, you kind of take that as fact, I guess. Like, you know, you're taught this and it's like, okay, this is a thing with, um, you know, the Bible, Jesus, God, and the associated stories and the associated, you know, values and ethics that, um, you know, Catholic schools like to talk about. And, you know, the ethics stuff, the values stuff is always a good thing, Um and everything like that. So I always thought, like, you know, religion's a thing. Going to church is the, a normal thing to do. Like, we did go to church here and there, and I, was, I kind of was like, why don't we go every week like everyone else? I was like, eh, whatever. Um, but I suppose, like, the, the thing that kind of rocked me with that was the um, the passing of my grandma, which uh, happened when I was in uh, grade six. So, and I think that it's weird it did lead into that whole sort of thing like yo uh my grandma is like the most religious person i know she went to church every week um she was such a good person why did she get sick you know like she was like the exemplary religious person devout sort of you know christian yeah out of everyone in your family she was like the most invested in that exactly yeah and um, but that hit the family hard, but it, um, of course, my, we were all devastated. I was really close with my uh, grandparents, my grandma. Uh, I used to go over there all the time um, after school and, you know, just hang out with them. Um, but I guess that's what really rocked my faith 
I guess. And from primary school, like that young, I was kind of just like, you know, that's doesn't sit right with me. You know, like that seems kind of shit. If, if we're, you know, it's like, what's the point? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I thought there was some if you, if you believe and if you have faith, you know, like in my childish sort of perspective, you have a bit more like protection. You know, like a bit more like. Um, yeah, like God's on your yeah. side, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, like, you know, tra- tragedy happens to those people that, that, like, I mean, from the stories, at least, the bad things happen to the bad people. And it's yeah. Like, this isn't a bad person, so, like, why is this happening? And I, I definitely can, can empathize with that. Hmm. I've, I've had similar experiences with it. I mean, like, my, my, my turnaround to it, because, yeah, similar kind of circumstance. I went to a Catholic primary school, um, and I'm pretty much, like, I don't know, I guess atheist. I I don't like to use labels, but like I don't really denominate any like religion at all. And um you know, it was kind of weird like having, you know, you know losing people in your life and just wondering like how and why and not really having a good answer. Yeah. Um okay, cool. So at this stage, um what was the musical influence, you know, in your life? You know, did you have like a lot of music happening in your family at that early yes. age, you know, your parents into it? My dad was definitely the one um, who got me into music and um, I guess showed me the introductory bands, like, you know, parved my way into getting into this whole metal, um, you know, heavier sort of aspect with the music. So uh, he was really into his, uh, you know, 90s alt rock, like you got your, you know, and that sort of grunge era, like you got like Faith No More, um, Alice in Chains, System of a Down. Um, that was a big one for me as well because around the time uh, when Toxicity came out, I think it was like, what, 2004 or something like that. I think I was in grade five. Um, that came out. My dad was playing in the car all the time. And I was like, man, this is fucking great. <laughs> it's like little me just going like, angels deserve to die. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, yeah did you have um, much like pop? like pop radio and stuff happening in the house oh, or was it all just like alternative music dude no no no, no. so mum loved to play like celine dion and <laughs> yeah the speakers um blasted that and like little younger me was like man this is so bad and lame <laughs> adult me now is like oh my god celine dion what a voice <laughs> my god <laughs> amazing Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so we did have that pop sort of thing. And, like, I was actually uh, into Backstreet Boys and every. Uh, they were on the radio yeah. in the car. I was just like, yeah, it's, it's my jam. Um, so, yeah, there was that pop sort of thing uh, in the background mm. initially. But then I started listening to you know, more of that uh, sort of music yeah. that Dad was into. And I was like, this is cooler. I like it. Um, cool. And, at that um, stage, yeah. was it? Um, at that stage, was it like purely just like listening, or was there are there any musicians like in the family, or was it? Were you just literally just a fan of music, and you didn't really have any inference to like you know pick up and start singing or anything? Actually, my my again, my dad. He's um, I guess you could say he's a musician. He's a he's a singer, a vocalist as well. Um, he would show me some of his demo recordings back in the day as well, uh, and like they did a cover of. Led Zeppelin song. I can't remember what it's called at the top of my head right now, but I remember listening to that. I was thinking like, oh, "That's so cool!" You know, my my dad is cool. <laughs> yeah, um, that's awesome. 
Um, yeah, and I, that, I guess he was a really big inspiration for that whole vocalist aspect, like, you know, singing sort of thing. Because we would sing in the car along, sing along to these, you know, songs that he would listen to and I'd just chime in. I didn't know the lyrics exactly, but, yeah. you, know, the, you know, the general melody and just fill it in with some random words or whatever. Um, and my uncle was also a musician in the family. He's... Um, He's a bit more like yeah, into his jazz classical sort of thing. So he's, uh, he knows how to play like a whole assortment of instruments like piano, um, trumpet. Uh, I'm sure he's like cello as well. Like a um, whole bunch of random stuff. And mm. yeah, so there's a bit of music background in the family. But my dad was the biggest influence in regards to that one for me. That's cool, man. That's cool. So, moving into high school, um, you know, what, what what kind of sparked your interest in, like, you know, proper heavy music? Because you're talking about, like, System of a Down and stuff, but, um, you know, knowing your trajectory, like, you know, into the future a bit, like, definitely things ended up getting a bit heavier. Was that in high school? You kind of started to yeah. dabble? Yeah, high school was where it um, popped off into different things. Like, I think... The next thing from System, I think I was listening to like Pantera. Um, yeah, it would have been. What, what inspired that? Who who put you onto them? So uh, when I was listening to Pantera, that would have been year seven. I think it was my classmates, like one of my mates. Um, it was saying, uh, you know, like. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah. It was really into Dimebag and stuff. Uh, Dimebag Daryl. And mm. he. In, uh, he was a really good guitarist, actually, and um, I thought it was really, you know, he played guitar really well. I thought that was cool, um, and we were just talking music, and he told me about Pantera, and I was like, cool, I'll listen to it, and I was like, fuck yeah, I can vibe with this. Um, and what else? Did... Oh, memory's kind of a bit eh, at the moment. But yeah, like, yeah, I mean, year like seven. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was still, still young, I was still... Eh. But um, year seven is where it started happening, I think. Like so, um, from that it went into a bit more of the emo stuff, I guess you could say emo now. But like Escape the Fate, um, oh, yeah. I was listening to Alasana. Ooh, um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> real screechy stuff that I was interested in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, some yeah. of those vocals so funny. Like in retrospect, like looking back, it's like objectively this is bad, but sick. <laughs> fucking yeah. sick <laughs> hell yeah yeah at the time it was just like that's that's fucking amazing like how do you do that with your voice yeah um, 100% like, um yeah what, what else for you yeah I mean it was the big turning point there really like it was just more like listening to the recommendations of mates uh which would then lead into other things actually there was ra- one random event that got me into um like thy art is murder and stuff so yeah i was at um this would have been like year nine i think year nine or year ten but um i was at croydon station one time just waiting for uh the bus to go back home and i stumbled upon this this ipad that that's not ipad an ipod uh that had like a cracked screen and everything it was just on the ground in the gutter. I was just like, oh, yeah, sweet score. Pick it up. Um, I took it home. Um, I put it in my drawer uh, and then went off. And then I was, I, the next day I was like, maybe I should check out, you know, if, you know, whose it is or whatever, if they've got a name on it. Um, so it was dead. I charged it up. 
didn't have a name, but there were a few bands on it and like different names and stuff. And they were all like bands I never really heard of, but one caught my eye. Thy Art is Murder. I'm just like, ooh, that sounds spicy. What, what does this sound like? Um, and I remember putting on my earphones and listening to Infinite Death. And oh, um, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like... You attack them up. I mean, in 2020, that song does not fly. But, man, back in the day, like, everyone was just like, yeah, I cut my daughter to hack them up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, why not? Why not? Just, just... Just let's go for it. You know, this is this is this is vibes sort of city right here. Like, let's do that. Was such a high. Like, I reckon like every kid that's like into like heavy music has that. Well, at least like it's in our age range. Like, you know, like early twenties to like late twenties has like has that experience of being in high school and someone showing them like, check out this. It's the heaviest thing you'll ever hear. It's just like Infinite Death by fucking Die Art, and it's just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, (laughs) it's like ew. This is. Gross, (laughs) Gross, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, 100%. yeah, but um, it was gross, but it interested me. I was just like, "Fuck, this is cool." <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, there's a few other bands on there as well. Actually, I think Born of Osiris is also on that iPod. Um, Hell yeah! And I listened. Whoever to that. dropped that had good taste. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> I, whoever dropped that, I'm so sorry for your loss, but thank you, thank you for <laughs> showing me the way. <laughs> yeah, we. we we wouldn't have Earthbound or now Advocates, you know, as it is today without your help. Yeah. Um, you know, unknown stranger. In the credits, you'll get like, you know, un- unnamed uh, pedestrian in the credits of <laughs> Tom's movie of his life. But don't worry, you're an important credit nonetheless. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. So, um, you know, I know for most people that doing vocals, like kind of high schools where they start doing that. When did you start, you know really getting into vocals and like making it a part of like i oh, know your identity i guess yeah okay. you were singing stuff with your dad in the car but i'm imagining at one stage you kind of click and you're like nah this is sick and i want to like practice this yeah i mean like in high school i thought i was going to be more of a guitarist actually so um i was like hey dad can i get a guitar he was like okay got one for me my birthday and i learned that through um the last few years of high school but uh i did drop that for um for a bit and i did try to like start a band with a few of my mates in year 12 i reckon that was when it really kicked for me i was like man i want to do a band you know that that's it was in around that time frame where i was just like yeah this is what i want to do um to just start off what we had was um myself on uh guitar we had my mate sam on bass uh we had uh guy named Tucci on uh, the other guitar as well and I can't remember who was drumming but we didn't have a vocalist or anything like that and we just jammed in like one of the spare rooms at lunch and stuff but it never went into anything it, it, nothing happened but mm. that's where I was just like in that, that plan of the seas like yeah, I want to I do a band thing um, yeah um, fast that was forward. like your first kind of like band experience really like yeah, playing music with people it was, yeah. That was my first like collaborative effort, um, doing music with someone other than, you know, just a karaoke sort of thing in the, in the car or whatever, or sing star on some of that. PlayStation Two. Yeah, boy. <laughs> um, but I think it was like twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen to twenty fourteen. Yeah. Um, 
my timeline's probably a little bit off. But after high school was when it really happened for me. So um, I remember just going through Facebook and... Um, no, no, sorry, before I get into that. I remember I was just like one day woke up and he's like... I remember that time when I started the band thing and, and it never went anywhere. And it was always kind of something I, like, I thought after that, just like, I'd love to do that. But one day I remember waking up and being like, you know what? I want to make this fucking happen. I want to learn um, how to do those screaming vocals and stuff. And I told my, uh, my girlfriend at the time that I was like, hey, babe, I want to learn how to scream. And she was like, whatever, Tom, sure. You'll learn how to scream, sure, whatever, mate. Um, and I was how old were like, you then? Oh, dude, so around like 20, 21, something like that. Yeah, 20, 20-ish. Really? Yeah. That late? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, uh, like, you've been listening to heavy music for ages, and it's like you never like went, oh, I'm going to learn how to scream until like 20. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it was like 19 to 20, I reckon, around there. Mm. Um, and, how about that? Well... It was it was a bit of a slow burn and stuff. Um, like I, I was looking up YouTube video tutorials and stuff and how to scream. Dude, <laughs> that era, like, the, so I have like, I've I've had this conversation with a bunch of people. It's like that were like at that similar time, like trying to learn how to scream. And like there was so much garbage on YouTube. It's oh just like, my god, yeah. <laughs> dudes like in like high school like in their like lunch court yeah with, like a camera on them they're like wearing like you know those zip up the middle hoodies with like some fucking death god band like name on the front they're like bro this is your fucking scream bro dude i fucking love that because <laughs> i have a very similar experience yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good I-, I think it's it's part of the um like the pathway into becoming a vocalist you jump on and none of these people know what they're doing like they're they're just telling you bullshit they're just like yeah bro you just if it bleeds you're doing it right (laughs) (laughs) no no don't use your throat but do it like this and then just goes like like, absolutely scratching the shit out of their vocals (laughs) sorry yeah 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 yeah. um diaphragm bro bro. it's all in the diaphragm (laughs) yeah yeah i did a bit of that just delving into the youtube videos and stuff just getting an idea of it. Um, and then I just go back and try to play along, I guess, like yell out with, um, you know, my, my favorite songs. And I think one of my, like, <laughs> the ones I practiced on was like um, Asking Alexandria, uh, final episode. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was one of Ambitious? the ones. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, go, go hard, go home, right? <laughs> yeah, man. 100%. But uh, eventually, so, I got to a point where I was just like, yeah, this isn't totally shit. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, so, so like, what was your, like, turning point? Like, was there a certain point where you're just like, I can do this now? Yeah, yeah. It, it just got to a point, I think it was like, I don't know, six months down the line. I was thinking, like, you know what? I'm ready. I've done enough training and meditation and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> No, You've done I, your one man punch training. Yeah, exactly. Done my one man. Did I say one man punch? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what well, you did? Fuck I did. I did. And you almost let me get away with it. Don't, I, I, don't let me get away I with did, the coward. I, I did let you get away with it. You, you pulled yourself on it. Shame. But yeah, like I don't know what happened, but I was just like, you know, this is all right. And then one day, I'm scrolling through Facebook. 
I see my mate Dinesh, um, who's now the guitarist in Vatic. Um, I see him post like a, a, a video of himself just playing guitar. He's done a cover of something. I cannot remember what the song was. Uh, but um, that got me thinking, wait, I haven't seen Dinesh in a little bit. Like, because we, we were mates in primary school and uh, but we weren't close mates back then. Like, we would, would hang out, we played down ball together because, you know, down ball was the shit back then. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you call, guys call it like handball or four square or whatever, but we call it down oh, ball. Oh, actually, quick, quick segue. Did you see the video? I think he put it up today, but Kevin Rudd put out this video of his like handball techniques. Like, like <laughs> these are these are Kevin Rudd special moves. Like, like this is this is you know cutting edge. You need to you need to know this to up your game. It's so good. It's so funny, bro. I, I have to watch it because that guy is a pioneer of the sport. He he's revitalized it <laughs> for you know today's generation um he's an important figurehead so i need to watch this i need to study oh yeah 100 percent. so good so good but sorry go on go on <laughs> you right. met this dude playing down ball in yeah school. yeah and uh, and we bumped into each other a couple of times actually at random gigs like i remember we bumped into each other at the line to eminem uh at uh, one time and we we're like whoa what what are you doing man and like the line was massive, but we somehow was like right behind each other. It was just like this is weird. And it's I funny bump- how that happens. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's so weird. And I'd always bump into the shops as well and be like, "Hey, what's going on, man? His life." Um, but I, was, I watched the video of him playing guitar. I was just like, "That's my guy." That uh, he's yes, he's yeah. good. And you just you just like slide in the dams, like brother, let me spit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was like that. It was like, hey man, you want to do a band thing? I I know how to scream, and he was like, what you do? I want to do a band thing. I've been waiting to do this for ages, and I'm looking for a vocalist. Let's 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 collab. Let's do something. And um, and we would hang out, and we would like just jam and stuff. Uh, I remember like the our big jamming song, like the one of the first ones was uh, "Assistant to the Regional Manager" by Devil Wears Prada. Hell yeah, that's uh, sick. Yeah, that was like the one that we were like really fucked with, and uh, we're like, yeah, we've nailed this. We're, we're awesome. We're fucking gonna go somewhere with this, man. Like with this sound, we're fucking yeah, boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was with Dinesh that um, we started the band together. That, that's where I really got into wanting to do the music thing. That really, I was really driven to, you know, make it work or go somewhere with it so yeah and he was as well we were both equally as invested in wanting to pursue the musical career sort of thing um, yeah cool so how did that end up panning out so did you guys end up getting some more people together and doing anything we or? did we eventually we cycled it did pick it uh, can't speak we, it took a bit of time to get the crew so we cycled through a few different people like we had one ensemble um, with a dude named Kyle and a dude named uh, Smokey um, or Andrew um, and we would go over to his place um, Smokey's place and he had this little bungalow where we would rehearse and it was, it was great um, little space to ourselves it was in um, what the fuck's the suburb um, not oh, I cannot remember I was really bad at memory um, doesn't matter anyway yeah, it was like a you know really bushy area so we could be as loud as we want neighbors were far fuck off far away so they didn't care Mm. um it was lit um but that didn't quite work out um there was some 
uh, personal issues going on with um, the other fellas, and they wanted to drop out. Um, or, like, um, yeah, yeah, one of the guys wanted to drop out just to work on himself, I guess. Uh, you could say, like, he didn't want to drag us down with his personal problems, and it's just like, I'm going to take a step back. Um, like, cool. So we went back to the drawing board and found um, a couple of other guys. Eventually, it was um, uh, Lucas Lanciana, who was in Zua beforehand. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had Jackson, uh, Jacko, um, who is in Distracted by Pink mm-hmm. uh, at the moment, and, and myself and Dinesh, of course. So, and we, we called ourselves Walkways. Um, so that was the first proper band that we had. Um, Not bad for a first band name. Like most people's first band has like a very cringe name. Yeah. But that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Like usually like when I've had these chats with people, I think... Fuck, what was Mikey's first band called? Uh, Mikey from Gloom, his first band was called... Um, fuck, it was like Intoxicate or some shit like that. <laughs> so good. Yeah, um, we uh, went through different iterations like, of ideas and um, we thought Walkways was alright. Like, it wasn't too, like... That's pretty good. Dumb fuck, but, you know, kind of interesting. Like, oh, man... I- I had the list somewhere in like a, I had it written down in like a little journal I, I kept um, and took with me to band practices. And I had this page which had all the band name ideas that we had. <laughs> um, I think Garden State was another one that uh, we tossed up as well. Because we were thinking, hey, we're from uh, Victoria, right? That's the Garden the State. The Garden State, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that was my shitty idea. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, we. Yeah, we had uh, that line up and we rehearsed at um, um, Frequency Rehearsal Space in um, Ringwood uh, every week and it was, it, was, it was cool, it was good fun. Um, and we played a couple of shows. Um, so we played it at Rack'em Up a couple of times. Oh, yeah, the classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my, for anyone my, who hasn't who hasn't seen that venue before, like it's it's the weirdest setup ever. It's like a bunch of pool tables, like and people just like they're playing pool, and then there's just like a big empty space because look, let's face it, like you if you're playing at Rack 'em Up in your first band, like you're not you're not bringing like a full house. Like when fucking Diet Diet played there, by the way, which was which was very sick. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's just the weirdest thing ever because you got all these dudes playing pool and then it's like you and your first band because I always put on small like bands that don't have any following. Like, you know, you got like your six mates there or whatever. Oh, hello. We've lost him. All right, three, two, one. Um, cool. So, um... Where do we leave off? Uh, whole, no, not a whole lot of love. Um, rack them up. up. Yes. Rack them up. So, I was explaining. Um, yeah, Rack them up is like, yeah, small small venue in Lilydale. Uh, it's got a bunch of pool tables and it's like, you know, got like a mosh pit area and then the stage and it's like, it's the weirdest thing because like they always put on these small bands that don't have a following yet just because, I don't know, the dude who runs it is a good guy and he like, he just tries to like give people a go. Um, and it was... <laughs> It's just, it's the most uncanny thing. Cause like you're there like playing fucking screamo music and you got 
like a bunch of like old dudes playing pool being like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the amount of people oh. that look up and are just like, the fuck is going on here? What is the this devil then? music? <laughs> yeah. So that was where Walkways played its first show, huh? It was, yeah. It was where Walkways played their first show. It's where I played the first show ever. And it was just it was something else, man. Just the, that. How full- many people showed up? Oh, man. Um, probably around like 20 people. Or hey, yeah, that's it good. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, like we, we had a, you know, a bunch of our mates come by and people who, that I didn't recognize at all were also just hanging around there watching um, mm. probably just pool punters or whatever. Um, yeah, it was, it was sick. It was a great night. Yeah, dude. So, um, after that, what, what kind of happened with walkways? So that fell apart, I guess. It did. It did. It did. Um, <laughs> now I feel bad for naming names here. Cause like, <laughs> 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 I mean, I could go into detail about what happened, but, uh, <laughs> uh come on. It's the laundry. It's fine. It's fine. This is a safe space. It's only going on the internet forever. <laughs> it's go- yeah, it's, it. it's <laughs> only going on the internet. Oh man. Um, Shit. Uh, I mean, like, oh. <laughs> nah, dude. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Beef, beef, beef. Come on. All right, all right, all right. Now, okay. I love the fellas now, man. Okay, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like every single one of them, angels. All right, but there was a bit of like a, um, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a power sort of dynamic thing that happened and i don't know i didn't really vibe it um <laughs> look i don't want to name names because i've already named names but let's just say one particular person was a little bit more controlling and domineering than the rest of us and um like had a bit more of a direction of where i guess he wanted it mm. and the way he went about it was a little bit too controlling for my my vibe and there was also a bit of dramas going on as well uh, spicy yeah it was it was, <laughs> it was a little bit spicy it was spicy at the time okay because I like here oh, I am definitely, going definitely. like whoa, 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 what the fuck's going on because it, it, it kind of involved respective uh, our respective girlfriends as well and then we had hell like, yeah, yeah it, so it was, spicy as <laughs> I wasn't like okay okay it was I'm making it sound a lot worse than it was but the girlfriends were involved and the guys were also involved and, and yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of imploded a bit. And yep. then I looked at it. I, I saw how my girlfriend was being affected by it. And I was like, all right, I... Nah, fellas, I'm a dip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Not naming names, okay? Dude, um, I've had that conversation so many times. Like, that's... That's always how the first band goes, dude. It's like chick drama, bro. That's all. Yeah. It's always how it is. Yeah, yeah. It it's common. Um, but yeah, I, I saw how it was affecting the personal mm. relationships, and then I was like, I'm I'm not vibing it. Yeah, this isn't what I signed up to. When the music stuff, I wanted to be have fun and 
I'm here for breakdowns of the musical type, not the mental type. Let's let's, yeah. let's sort this out, guys. Come on. I'm here for breakdowns, not for breakups. Come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool, cool. So that kind of fizzled out. And um, what ca- what comes next? Is this when you link up with the guys from Earthbound? It is. Yeah, yeah. So shortly after that, like it was quite shortly. It was probably like a transition into it. Like, um, like I was thinking. I want to step out, and then I saw that um, the Earthbound guys were looking for a new vocalist and stuff. Um, so I actually just encountered their post on Facebook. It was like in one of the um, band pages, floating around, just like looking for members and and whatever. Um, and it wasn't even one of the guys actually. It was um, it was it was Amy Amy Harris um, who was managing us at the start. Um, she was the only person I saw that. I was just like, huh, interesting. Um, so I kind of use that as a transitionary, I guess, maybe excuse, if you will, um, to say like, hey, guys, I want to take a step and out and also I'm in another band, see you eat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, um, but yeah, I saw, I saw them and they wanted to do like an audition thing. Um, so, and it was nerve wracking as well because... Um, I hadn't met these people. They said they were like from East Gippsland originally, um, and they were, you know, in Melbourne now for uni and stuff. It was completely but at the time. It was like so far away because yeah, just just context. That's like a two-hour drive. I mean, where do those guys live in Gippsland? Um, oh man, I like Trailgan like, kind of deal, or it's close by. It's, uh, it starts with W W W. Um, <laughs> I've got such a shit memory. Uh, yeah. Let's look up Google Maps real quick, actually, because I'm fucking so bad at this. Oh, Jake's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all good. It's, it, they, they lived out in the fucking sticks. One though, thaggy! Yeah. One thaggy! One thaggy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. I was like, I knew it was W. Um, yeah, so they're, 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 they're from One Thaggy, which is like, you know, a few hours drive away from here. And so, at that time, were you driving or? Yeah, 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 yeah cool. So that wouldn't have been too bad. No. My um, yeah, my first like proper band. <laughs> Whoosh. Um, yeah, dude, but it was nerve wracking because like I was going to present myself to complete strangers and stuff. They wanted to hear like a recording of what I, um, I could do and, and everything. So they wanted to do either a, a periphery song or um, a Northland song. Um, I can't remember which Northland one, one it was, but then I asked, hey, can I do Dream Awake instead? Um, and no, 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 sorry, not Dream Awake. Quantum Flux, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Actually, I think that's what they originally... No, yeah. I think they originally wanted to do Dream Wake. And I was like, wait, can I do Quantum Flux? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I did sent them a recording of that. And I got a response saying, yep, you win. <laughs> <laughs> and, cool. and I remember them telling me afterwards, um, they were watching the video. And they were like, yeah, this guy's pretty good. And um, when it got to that bit uh, in Quantum Flux, uh, what's, what's the line again? <laughs> My memory is so bad. Um, I cannot remember the lyric. Holy shit. Quantum Dude, it's like an iconic song as well. How can you Yeah, I know. What What's wrong with me? Oh, my God. 
Yeah, oh yeah. It's it's that bit where like we walk around blinded like children in the dark, and it was like it was like it's time to remember what it's like to feel ah, uh! and then the live part. When they heard that, they were like, oh, that's the brown note. Yep, he's in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. That's so good. So linking up with those guys, that was that was like a pretty easy thing for you. Just kind of like. Well, I mean, like, after, obviously, like, you know, the nerve-wracking yeah, kind of bit yeah. at the start, it was like, you're just like, yeah, these are the guys. Just, like, instant gel. It, it was, yeah, honest to God. Like, um, Nerve was the first one when we first, um, you know, got together and met up. It was at uh, Daniel's place originally, like, at the, at the time he um, was renting. We all met up. We had drinks. We were playing, like, board games. And it was such a chill vibe. And I, we just clicked. It just... Um... And they're the loveliest guys, and from the get go, they were so lovely. Um, it's been magic ever since, really. Hell yeah! From uh, from Spotify, I see that you guys put out your first record in twenty. Uh, the Solstice EP is that the first thing you guys did, or was there something before that? That is the first thing. Um, it's funny though because that that what's on Spotify wasn't the original recordings we did of it. Like, right. We, I remember saying that you guys ended up redoing it and putting it back up. So is that what that did. is? Yeah. So when we went to record, uh, liquefy, uh, with Nick Shogren of Thornhill, we we're also like, Hey, this might be a good opportunity for us to re-record our older stuff just to get it sounding nice. Cause we really loved how, um, liquefy was coming out and how it sounded. So we we're like, Hey Nick, could you, um, would you want to do a bit more with us and um, help us redo the solstice? And he was like, yeah. Um, so we originally had like a mix and a master um, that we put up on, you know, Bandcamp and YouTube and all that. And let's just say, look, we've disabled the video on YouTube for a reason. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, I, I remember sussing it because who, who did you do that originally with? <laughs> followed up by that comment I just made um, we went through uh, a dude named Lachlan Pickford yeah um, and is he just a, like a local dude that the guys already knew or yeah it was it was a local dude um, guys had seen him post on Facebook or something his rates were quite cheap for us and being you know a bunch of uni students with no money Cheap was fantastic, though. It was, like, yeah. the best option to go with for yeah. us yeah, yeah, uh, sure. at the time. Um, but we've learned since, and here's some really good advice for any aspiring musicians out there. Do not skint money on the recording process. I, I know it's very intimidating at first when you, you've got um, the recording guys saying, you know, they'll charge you, you know, like, an EP or an album is thousands. It is worth every penny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because they put in so much effort. Like, that uh, money you put there, it, it's not just them sitting in front of a computer, um, pressing a button for you to record. It's not. They put so much work into making sure it's all fine-tuned. Um, if you have the people like we work with, like Nick Shogren and Christopher Vernon, um, they help produce it. They help write it with you. Like, they spend so much time and they put in their own takes and their talent behind it um you're paying more but you're, you're paying for a product you know it, it's yeah 
it's the same as like buying a TV. You know, you've got your cheap TVs and you've got your more expensive TVs. Obviously, the more you put in, you're going to get a higher quality output out of it. Um, and it's so much so the case with recording. Don't skin out Dude, on it. you so fucking work at JB. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Could you tell? Could you tell? <laughs> oh, so good. So, um, cool. You guys recorded that uh, original Solstice EP, um, you know, it was just like a local dude. What was that process like for you? Was that your first time recording properly or did you record with walkways? Yeah, no. Well, we never recorded with walkways. So, um, sitting in... Lachlan's um, garage in his home studio that he had. That was my first experience with recording. Um, and God, that was that was different as well. Um, like, I, I had no idea what the process was behind it prior to this of, like, yeah, how... Yeah, he was like, I fucking yell, dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn yeah, on the exactly. mic. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's just a whole different ballpark and everything. And it was, it was just such a weird... Thing, having to stand in front of this microphone and listen to this like click track to get the timing and there's no real like uh i don't know it's, it's just it's just weird <laughs> yeah, I'm used what to was it your now. biggest yeah. like surprise what was your biggest surprise when you first jumped into the booth um was there a booth <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it wasn't that backyard there was a little booth that uh, was set up um i guess the, the biggest thing that uh, surprised me was a bit of like a an obstacle um like it was just the, the timing of it um i don't know what it was but going from feeling the music when you're rehearsing to having this more i guess like doctored sort of approach clinical? where you're clinical that's the word yeah yeah that's what it, it feels like it feels so much more clinical and it was just so weird and like getting that feel of getting in rhythm to do the takes and everything. Like I remember initially I was so out of time um, when doing it. And well, maybe that like, was always the case and you just never noticed until someone put a click track on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, 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 <laughs> <you wanted> something. <laughs> maybe no, I've just been cool. like pretending like, oh yeah, I'm all right in my own head. <laughs> and everyone else around me is just like, oh fuck. <laughs> So that was like your first big takeaway really is just like, you know, how, how different it was just like much like, like the recording process isn't like guys just like in a garage, just like jamming it until like, yeah, that's good. That's done. It's like actually, you know, pulling everything apart and putting it back together. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you really do have to be more, I guess, precise. And I guess I'm a bit more conscious of what the, the takes I'm doing and like, um, that, um, you know, focus can sometimes throw you off, I guess. So you're like, oh, fuck, no, I want to redo it. Oh, fuck, no, I really want to do it. Um, yeah, it, it's, it was different at the time. But um, yeah. going through and recording the re- everything now, I, I love going to recording sessions now. Like um, every time since, I, I feel like I get the most out of it um, as far as learning more about what I can do vocally um, as well as disciplining myself as far as as that technique goes as well, I've gotten more out of doing the recording sessions than anything, I feel like. Um, Chris Vernon is a really, really great person to work with and um, working with him to help write some, you know, vocal parts as well. Like um, a lot of the, like the biggest weakness I had vocally as well would have been, would have been my clean singing. Um, Like, 
put me in front of a microphone and just say, hey, yell, I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in my element. Um, but tell me to do like a catchy chorus hook. And at first I was just like, bro, I can't do it. You know, it's, it's harder to control my voice, I feel like. Um, but working with Chris, you really helped to get a better understanding of for myself as well, how, how he does it, uh, how to get a bit more control and like holding the notes and uh, hitting the higher notes as well. Like those, um, oh yeah. It Dude. was just like, it's, it's like a learning experience. Like every time you go into the studio, you reckon you come out like a better musician. 100%, 100%, yeah. I'm That's always, cool, man. I, I feel like I'm always learning something new about myself every time I go into um, a vocal session, man. It, it's, I, I really look forward to it. So after you guys finish up with the Solstice EP, shows, yeah? Shows, exactly, yeah. Um, our first show that we did um after we recorded the Salsa CP was at the Irish uh with Earthbound. So um, I was there. You were there? I was there for that. Yeah. Dude. Oh fuck um, yeah. Who who was headlining that show? Do you remember? Uh Ocean Sleeper. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. It was um That's hilarious. Ocean Sleeper, a burden, and us. Um that so it was pretty stacked. We were pretty stoked to be on you that. You guys one. were playing like, that fucking cover. Um bright side yeah you were there man fuck <laughs> oh, man dude i remember hearing that i was like what the fuck are these guys doing to this song <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah bro um i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> we we have uh we have since retired that one for uh you, you know obvious reasons as you can see you know <laughs> uh, dude dude you sign to bring it back sign to bring it back let's go <laughs> Oh, that was so. Yeah, dude, that's actually so good. I remember. I remember that night. It was that was actually the night because my my band, which we eventually ended up playing together, which is funny. Yeah. Um, um I, I was. Bandage, I was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like. I mean, we don't say their name. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, I was like hanging out with some mates, and I was just like, "Oh, this is sick!" Like, I, I wonder if we can get our band on on to do that same night, and um. Yeah, we ended up like lining up and doing it like I don't know, like a couple months after that, which is funny. But dude, that was such a sick spot. Like that Thursday night, like hardcore show thing. Man. So especially like looking back at it now, it's like I remember like, you know, in recent times before, you know, the big Rona, I said we we're gonna stop talking about it, but too bad. Um <laughs> like, you know, Thursday night show, yeah, nah man. Miss me with that shit. But like what I would do to go back for a fucking Thursday night at the Rish. Dude, it was something else, man. Uh, I feel you. Like, I don't want to go out anywhere on a Thursday night. <laughs> like, mm, mm. but it, it hits different at, at the. It rich, do be man. hitting it, different it, at the. Rich. It, it, it do be. <laughs> oh shit! Um, and constant in the booths, like fucking in their K hole. <laughs> yeah. Dude, those booths at the back so grotty. Like some, oh, you know, you, you, like you, you look at the people in there. It's like they're not doing it. They're not up to no good. It's like yeah. if they. They got put on the stand in front of the judge. You know, they they had nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Good times. Oh great. So time. um, cool. What what other shows did you do early on? Any cool ones? Um, yeah, man. Um, played it. Um, again, my memory is failing. With suburbs near Frankston. Um, 
Oh, yeah, that, that one in the upstairs area, uh, the Pelican Bar? No, 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 no. Oh, we did do that one. That, that was a bit later on, but there was another one we did at Seaford, Seaford Community Hall. That's the one. Oh, um, uh, yep. We got asked to play a gig Freezer? with- Freezer? Yeah, Freezer gig. But um, yep. we got asked to play a gig with bloody uh, Capture the Crown. And we're like- Oh, what, what? the fuck? Yeah. And we're like, what? <laughs> really? You sure? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and that, also Gloom was there, Gloom in the Corner, um, and Drown the City as well. Uh, <laughs> it was stacked. There was, it was such a stacked lineup. Um, but I don't know. It, there wasn't much of a turnout there. It, it, it was weird. It was like, it was really fun to play. Like, yeah. The, uh, it was a like big fuck off hole and I stuff. I mean, like, at that stage, like, all ages was practically dead, like... I know all ages kind of was like sick for a while, and then like I know probably from like twenty like fourteen onwards, it just like completely died. I think. Yeah. No. So like you're kind of like to, to be playing that show, like freezer show, like because freezer shows used to be like always like super sick, and then like you know in in that time period, because what year was that? That'd be like what 2017? 2016? Yeah, it would have been around then. Yeah. 2016, yeah, because yeah. I remember going to all ages shows and like shows at like Wrangler and shit. And it's like, unless it was like a really fucking sick band coming through, it's like the turnouts always really sucked, mm, which is yeah. unfortunate. It's disappointing. I'd love to see more all ages gigs. Like, I would love to play an all ages sort of thing. Like, um, I think, what was it? Gloom. Gloom did a headline uh, at Croydon EVs. And that's actually, that's one of the places I love to play at like it's bucket list classic that my i saw fucking north lane there dude like, oh, bro that was discoveries sick. discoveries era dude bro that would have been so so good um it was it was yeah man like like uh crude and evs is is the first venue i went to for a gig uh, i saw dream on dreamer that was like the first gig i went out to on my own Dude. sort of thing. Was that like Hardbound era? Uh, yeah, uh, before Hardbound, actually. It was uh, oh, their fuck. EP. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Hope. It was when yeah, Hope was long. out and um, yeah, Hardbound wasn't out just yet. They were like uh, teasing it. I think the show I w- watched them at, they played one of the songs that was upcoming on that album and oh my God, it's good good times. But yeah, it's, it's a, a bucket list venue I'd love to play and if... We could do more all ages and bring that back. That'd be sick, but I understand it's a bit hard just with um, kids. The kids aren't into it. They aren't into the it. Aren't exactly. That's it's exactly it. Um, we got to start getting on bills with fucking SoundCloud rappers, man. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. No kidding, right? That's that's where, that's where the money's at as well. <laughs> yeah, dude. MGK, come come Melbourne, save us. <laughs> <laughs> we need your help. Yeah, we need a hero. Oh, cool. So. <laughs> Um, after that, you guys went on to do, uh, Liquify. Is there any kind of like big happenings in between then and Liquify for you? Um, oh, well, sitting down and recording it, um, where would we like to go with this? Like, there wasn't much big happening, I guess, like as far as you know, life events or whatever. But I, I, I wanted to take that writing process a bit more to talk about 
I don't know. Like, I, I think lyrically with the uh, Liquify stuff, I really opened up a little bit more about internalized feelings, I guess. Um, like a lot of the songs were um, about a topic of some sort, whether it be like, you know, in, in the environment, something like that. So with Kaleidoscope, for example, that was kind of just like in the perspective of, you know, um, global warming and just how we're kind of just being a bit more um, not really going out to do anything about it, making a change and stuff for yeah. you know, what's happening around us that we can see this is going on anyway like that. But I also wrote about more personal topics for myself. Um, like, um, I guess once it's, it's kind of weird to talk about it and everything, but it is something that bogged me down, but like addiction sort of thing, it was more about my computer addiction, like where I spend a bit more too much time on the computer. And I felt like, fuck, what am I doing? I'm kind of just wasting my life a bit. Um, mm. sort of thing. Um, and you know, well, I think that's a bit of a recurring theme with some of the songs as well. Like watercolor was about like, you know, um, not making the most of the time that's presented with us and stuff. And I kind of just tapped into that internalized thought that I've been feeling like, am I not taking advantage of the time that I have before me? Like, what am I doing? What, what have I done to achieve the goals that I want to do, what even are my goals sort of thing. I kind of just had a bit of a sit down and think of that. And I guess I let the words just flow from those thoughts um, being yeah. in that headspace. Um, but with my writing, I try to, I try to make it a bit more broad sort of thing. So I, 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 and I guess like disguise what the intent is. Like, for example, like the latest tracks um, on the EP we put out with um, uh, Evergreen, all those songs are actually about video games, um, <laughs> a respective video game that we like like as a band, but I try to make it lyrically a bit more broader, like you could uh, attach your own sort of um, meaning or implication behind what the words mean. But um, I guess everything I write has a, a touch of personal double meaning in it as well. Like something that I have an internalized thought of and I project it back onto the page um, in some form. Like, um, and I was thinking about this before I jumped on this, uh, the podcast, actually. Um, a big life event that happened for me was the passing of one of my family friends back when I was in high school. Um, really shitty accident that happened when he was... Um, oh, in on a school camp actually um but that yeah, I, I also i also knew knew that same kid i went to a primary school with him no shit yeah yeah bit Folks. crazy wait you, you actually knew kyle yeah yeah dude i knew kyle like we were like we weren't like f like close friends whatever but like you know like you know it was like one of those guys i would like hang out with at like lunchtime kind of thing it was crazy oh fuck man like i grew up with him man it was um, like we were family friends for the longest time and we go over to each other's houses and we play you know, Xbox and PlayStation and all that. Um, and it was, it was fucking rough, man, because it, like it happened on a school camp. Like, you know, you know, you know that um, yeah. Yeah. my sister was there, like they were in the same year level. We were, you know, family friends, we were all very close and stuff, but it was really rough for my sister because she was present when everything was happening and she actually tried to help him. Um, 
out of the water and stuff. And, and she was one of the, you know, the couple of people who went to get the teacher's attention and stuff. But yeah, like yeah, so it happened and everything and that really hurt her, which in turn really hurt me as well. And like I had, yeah, dude, like, it it changed like especially as a young person dealing with the loss of a peer it's it's very harrowing it 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 kind because of, like as a kid you've kind of got like this instinctive sense of like invincibility like you don't think anything ever can go wrong or or can go bad and I, I know for me personally you know everyone has their own like different experience with it but it was just like this. Uh, sobering realization that you know the world is 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 not uh, a friendly place and if you're not careful you know you can like you know you could lose everything in a second um, whether it be friendships you know achievements or, or you know friends that's it and uh, that was one of those moments where I realized how fragile everything is you know just like how just how random everything is really is and just i don't know it was harrowing is like how you said it is it, really yeah um and that and that was a big influence you would say for like I know just like the introspective nature of your writing. It's a huge, it was a huge event in my life. And it's a a thing that is sprinkled throughout lyrically here and there. So that's what I was getting to. Sorry. Um, No, no, it's fine. Before, before what I was mentioning before the podcast is um, I was thinking how that event and a couple of other things, those things that really resonate in those life experiences that I had, that I sprinkle those thoughts in some of the lyrics here and there. Um, like I, I'm pretty sure there's at least one or two tracks in every release that I've got some sort of internalized thought that I had about those darker moments in there. Um, and mind you, like the Earthbound stuff is happy. Like mm. um, we we write it, you know, more upbeat and and like Bobby and even even lyrically. You're not um, an emo band. No, we're not an emo band for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but truth be told, I am a emo boy at heart. Like, um, I guess that is one of the challenges actually sometimes. So b- the band's tone and message is, is happy. Um, mm. I find it a bit more easy to write about the, 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 the harder stuff, like the, the sadder, those hurtful things rather than the, um, the upbeat, happy joyous things i don't know it's weird but i I find it flows more effortlessly for me i don't know if it's for you know most other people i mean like but yeah uh, for for a lot of especially like song lyricists like writing about the hard shit is very easy because like i don't know it's like there's this natural thing to not talk to people about it and so like the second you're given this outlet it's just like oh i've got so much like just pent up ready to go yeah yeah it's um yeah, it, it, you're right. It's just, I guess it's a lot easier to talk about and those negative things or even self-deprecate about yourselves as well yeah. rather than celebrating 
those positive wins and stuff and having that pour out. I guess that is kind of just a bit more human nature for us to um, be a bit more negative. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you're like uh, like a clinical psychopath, you know, you've got that full narcissism going on in that case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you think it's easy to write about happy stuff, bro, you're a psychopath. I see yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> uh, so, so you know the whole the whole vibe with with Earthbound has always been like super upbeat, and that's something that you you've struggled with. How have you have you circumnavigated you know that kind? Because like obviously that's a goal of the band is to try and write. Um, yeah. you know, music that is uplifting and not, you know, depressive. Um, how, yeah. how do you, how do you make that happen? How do you make that happen with yourself? How do you pull, pull out the goods? I guess, honestly, I ground myself with the fellas. Like Jake is, um, cause that's, it's, it's his big message as well. He doesn't want it to be like, you know, another sort of like beat down band or whatever. Mm. Excuse me, but, um, we want that more positive, catchy um, vibe to it. And I guess I kind of ground myself with him because that's uh, a vision that he has strongly and, it's a, and he reminds me, hey, this is what we want. And even though I want this as well, like I, I, I want that sort of like um, more happier tone, uh, especially with, with the scene and this type of music. It, it usually is kind of just... Um, you know, unhappy stuff. And yeah. it, while it comes more naturally for me, it is something I want to just write about. I, I do want to do that, um, to have that kind of change of pace where it's a bit more positive. Um, but yeah, I side do... projects coming up soon? Question oh, fuck, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, I have been thinking about this, like with myself being in Advocates now, um, that might be a bit more of a way for me to write uh, those kind of more internalized things that I have in, in a bit more uh, as it is rather than yeah. dancing around it, trying to make it, um, yeah. put yeah. on the happy face for earthbound, put on the sad face for advocates. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, mind you, I'm a happy guy. I'm not like all sad. I'm making myself sound so depressed or something like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, if you know me, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty You're upbeat. upbeat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, shit happens with everyone, man. Like, and you gotta, uh, you gotta have a place to put it. You gotta have a place. Exactly, exactly. We, we everyone's got their layers. You know, we're we're not all sad. We're not all happy. We've got a mix of everything, and that's what makes us an individual, a unique human being. You know, like absolutely. Um, and it just so happens that my combination is the best combination. And- <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, I won't. I won't deny that, man. You, you. Uh, it's because you can't. It's because you can't. Yeah, it's, I, I can't refute that. I can't refute that statement. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, so let, let's move on. Let's move on. So you're you've you've um at this stage you finished with Liquify. Um, what comes next? Let me quickly just jump into your Spotify so I can refresh myself. You did a few singles, um, and then this latest EP. Tell me about the singles and then the, uh, the EP that you just put out. Yeah. Okay. So the singles is where we started delving more into that video game vibe sort of thing. So the first one, Which um, one did you do? cause you swapped during that period from working with Nick to working with CV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what stage so, did you swap? Which single was Nick- it? 
uh, all the singles are actually with CV. So okay. uh, working with Nick, we did uh, the redo of Soul Citizen and we did Liquify. Uh, Liquify yeah. Um, but singles and then onwards have been with uh, CV. So what, what first... inspired that change? Um, I actually can't quite remember why we... I think we, someone recommended him to us. Um, and we just explored that. Um, I actually cannot remember how we got onto um, hitting up CV. But all I know is when we first started recording uh, with him, I was like, dude, this guy is a wizard. He's so, so good. You know, it's funny you say that. Literally, Jared from Bloom said the same thing. He's a wizard. He, Dude, CV, he's got the juice. He's, he makes it happen. He's got that he, magic juice. I, 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 he does. He is the juice man. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know... How Not a euphemism with- for steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, bro, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's just so talented, man. Like, he's just got so many good ideas that he brings to the table. He's mm. such joy to work with. Like, he's, he's just, he's a fucking funny dude. Um, and he can be <laughs> like a bit, a bit of a space cadet sometimes. Uh, but he's <laughs> when he's you're working with him, he knuckles down and he does such a good job with it like it's just yeah oh man i I can't describe it's just highly recommend working with him um Mm. he's a really top bloke um but it's funny because we actually recorded uh ember first which of the two singles is the last one we put out Mm -hmm. um so we did continuum as a release first um but we were sitting on ember for a while um i don't know why we were sitting why we took so long with it we're so dumb um (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, we, we um, when we first went in, did, did Ember, I was like, man, this is so fucking cool. And I learned so much as well. Like, that's where I started a bit more doing more with the clean vocals and stuff and um, uh, really pushing myself because he was pushing me to do it, like to hit those notes and to, you know, do that take to that really sounds like popping and stuff. Like, when I'm in the studio and stuff, <laughs> the rough takes like the, the yells and the screams it's always within the first or, the first or the second um try of it but on the on the cleans holy shit uh, truth be told i'm fucking awful like we do so many takes <laughs> um dude that's everything make- i don't i don't know anyone that like like singing takes so long to record like usually when you go to a studio and like if you're doing just singing like they'll put you know put out like you know a, a day per song like for yeah. vocalists to do so it's like that's a normal thing man it's it, okay because it's to get it perfect because when you're recording you know you want it to be perfect and to get like the perfect takes of have like the right feeling man it takes time like to yeah get it, right. it really does it really does um i never <laughs> realized how much um we re- how much do work it went into it. it yeah 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 um but i love it man like being pushed that hard um by him to get that that take um and then finally getting the one that is going to sit in the the full recording that, that's such a cool good feeling it's like playing dark souls all over again man um yeah dude that's such a good <laughs> analogy that is so true <laughs> yeah like you 
you fucking keep dying and dying to the same damn boss over and over again. Then one time after like trial and error, you finally learn all the patterns and stuff. You you you, you, you overcome that insurmountable obstacle, and it's just like there is no greater feeling of satisfaction. It's the same thing that translates in in from there into nailing those takes, man. It's it's like fuck yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So that's um, that's those singles. Was there anything in particular that that kind of inspired doing those singles? Were you guys just like, we need to get something out? Yeah, um, we really wanted to push out some content and stuff. Like, um, liquefy. We, we looked at liquefy as shit. We did pretty good with this. Now let's do better, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and. Like we, we we went back and forth. Like we want to do an album, maybe we should do an EP and stuff. But again, money was a concern, um, uh, especially because we were working with CV. The rates were a bit more than what we were used to as well. We're like we heard he was good, we know he's good. We want to do this, so yeah. Start uh, some singles, feel it out, and then see where you go from there. That's exactly what happened. So we we tried off with singles, um, fell in love with it, and then we were like, all right, we've got to do something like we've got, we've got to work more with him it, it's just fantastic um but yeah the the idea behind that was like let's try him out see how it is and we also need to put more content and stuff um and just keep exceeding what we're already doing and building upon that we've, we've done um and i guess it was also trying to find our sound a bit more as well like i i reckon definitely we've um refined a bit more of what we want to sound as a band through those singles too like they're um they've been quite important for us as a as a band and as a whole to really know what we want to go going forward yeah uh i know especially for jake um they've really helped because now he's written like um because we got we're thinking about doing an, an album is the next thing yeah um, and we're still in the writing process of that but jake is just like Comparatively, from before when it was writing Liquify to and even the EP to um, what we're looking for in the future, Jake has just gone like rapid fire with the new stuff. And I don't know, he was a bit more. Um, it took a bit more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he took a little bit more time with Liquify and stuff and chopping and changing a few things. And definitely the EP, there was a lot of like chopping and changing. I remember he was telling me we sat down one time it's like man i feel like i've hit a brick wall um uh, with this song i'm not happy with it and stuff and there's been it was a few iterations where we were like um one of the tracks sounded way different to how it is recorded and stuff and we like went back and forth but now with that um having worked with cv and know what we want to sound like and having that in general impression of what we can do and what we, the tone we want to go for um Jake's writing for the, the new album stuff is just flowing off the page. He's like, cool, yep, this is this is it. Listen to the boys, and it's it's cool. It's, it's it's been really cool to see that sort of like um, I guess the development, the change that happened, the growth. Uh, I guess the yeah. growth, exactly the growth. That's cool, man. So uh, comparative, so. We'll talk about this uh, real quick, and then we'll get to the wrap up. Um, so after doing these singles, you went to do the EP. Uh, what was the difference uh, between working on the singles and working on the EP with with Chris? Um, honestly, it was it was like the same sort of process, but we had a bit more tracks, I guess, like a bit more workload in front of us. 
Um, because, and I, I feel like we had a bit more of a deadline to hit with the EP. Uh, I felt with the singles, we had a bit more time and flexibility to go back and retrack and, um, you know, fix it up a bit. But like the EP, we wanted to nail it within two weeks, um, sort of thing. So we did all the tracking and, um, as fast as we could, but as, as, you know, just focused and accurate and nailing Was it. Was that down. including like pre-pro? Um, it, yeah, it was a bit actually. Um, it was with pre-pro because we, um, yeah, we, we just had the, the GP files originally, like, um, guitar profiles, um, <laughs> Hell yeah. coming into showing him and, um, and everything. So we did, a bit of that pre-pro with him and then full on doing it with him as well during that, that time frame. And so like overall, like it, it just felt like natural after doing like the singles, you kind of like already knew what you were doing, just like jump straight into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, pr- pretty much dude. Yeah. Um, new. We were familiar with how the process worked with uh, Chris and everything. And we're able to just get straight into it. When about did you guys uh, record that? Because I know you put it out now, which is the middle of Rona. Was it like just before lockdown or? Yeah, last year, actually. We, 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 again, this is another case where we were sitting on this for a while. Um, so we recorded this around uh, October, September, October. Okay. So it was yeah. back when the world was normal. The world was pretty normal, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what's what's the release been like, like in the middle of Rona? Like, how have you guys navigated that? Well, that's a, it's kind of one of the things that set us back, I guess, because um, we did have like a bit of a plan ahead of where we wanted to release this as well with a run of shows, and we we're looking to do like a bit of a mini tour thing, and we were, I was really excited for that. Like, we wanted to hit up uh, a bit more of the East Coast, I guess. So we're gonna like do, you know. Victoria show, um, um, go back to Newcastle again, do a, a Sydney show, um, and then maybe hit up, you know, Queensland, South Australia, and whatever. Um, but Perth yeah, doesn't exist. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. If, if, what, what's Perth? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm sorry, Perth, but yeah, like just <laughs> sorry, Perth. Legit- to get a better fucking address idiot yeah logistically logistically you're a bit far away and it's expensive and uh no sorry guys (laughs) yeah and darwin just doesn't like darwin had had tapestry and now darwin doesn't exist anymore because tapestry's not there sorry darwin actually there's probably there's probably darwin bands that are sick i just don't know about them but too bad so I, sad. I moved to Melbourne. I agree, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. Oh much. fuck! I'm such a Melbourne. I have this chat with um with Jared uh, on on the podcast that's coming out um on Monday, um, and yeah, I'm just like I'm an asshole. I just rip on Sydney. It's it's like you have to deal with it. If you're not Melbourne, get out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though as well because like. It's very much exchanged. Like, we rip on Sydney, and Sydney rips yeah. on us as well. Like, oh, yeah, you guys are fucking flogs with you, you coffee and shit or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it, <laughs> just this Don't fuck with clash. us. Don't fuck with us. It's a yeah. Melbourne, bitch. Yeah. Cultural capital of the country. Enough said. Mic drop. 
Yeah, yeah. Coronavirus cases might be high, but then again, so is the size of this dick, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh fuck. Um, but yeah, like, Rona did fuck up those plans, of course, because we couldn't do any shows, uh, which made us go back to the drawing board and think, all right, how are we, how are we going to do this? How are we going to release it? What's our follow-up sort of thing? So we spent a bit of time just, like, going a bit back and forth on what we wanted to do. Plus, we were still getting our, um, as that was happening, we, we still didn't have like any a music video sort of recorded or anything. Excuse me. Um, and that was just becoming a bit more difficult as restrictions tightened up as well. We're like, oh, fuck, we've like lost any sort of chance of doing that. Um, luckily, we did manage to get some help with, um, the, oh, again, Memory is really bad. Uh, well, Stokesy. Yeah, jo- John Stokes. Yeah, Stokesy. Um, in Drastic Park, he, we hit him up and he was able to help us up with a bit of a visualizer thing yeah, um, cool. for Eden. And um, so that was a bit of the content. And we were hitting up some uh, people online about the the art the album art as well so we went through a dude named Vora um who had that commission like as a pre-commissioned sort of thing like, like a pre-built thing um yeah. but we asked for some edits just so it fit um more what we had in mind theme wise of the music and yeah it was when he sent back the revision we were like that's perfect that's spot on what we wanted um and we we're so happy with that product as well um yeah like it was just a bit of a slow burn. Verona did just kind of um, push us throw, back. Throw a spanner in the works and you guys were really like kind of behind the, behind the, um, I don't know, behind the eight ball a little bit. It, yeah, we were. And then it just, it just spiraled a bit out of our control as it restricted mm. up and we're like, fuck. Um, so yeah, it, we did push the date back technically, but hey, it worked out pretty well with, um, I mean, I'm, you kind of released in a good spot. Like it was pretty quiet when you did drop it you know, gave you a bit of, you know, extra attention just for the fact it's like, yeah, there's not many people putting shit out. So it's like, people are excited to, you know. Yeah, no, we were very stoked about that. It's, um, um, it, it, it did coincide with a few other big releases. So people were like on that, um, not so much local here, like big releases, but like internationally. And so people were already on that sort of vibe, like, I want to check out new music and stuff. And then, um, like we, yeah, it just pops off from us for us as well, which is great. That's cool, man. That's cool. So, what's what what lays ahead for you guys? You you said you know you want to do an album next. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, what we want to do. Like, I I definitely want to personally as well. Again, it's just going to be a thing with money. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's um, it is, it is. But would love to do um, a full length sort of deal with it and everything. Um, Again with CV, you reckon? Yeah, yeah. I've, why the fuck not? He's such a pleasure to work with. Um, yeah. I'd love to, yeah, just hit him up again and see if we can collab and get his help with things again. Awesome, awesome. So, i like to close out the pod with um, a bit of a reflective look on, on, like, you know, your whole journey as a creative. We kind of, like, discussed, you know, from the beginning when, you know, you kind of had those influences from your family and then once you hit 20, you're like, fuck it, I'm going to be a vocalist. This is, this is going to be my thing now. Um, 
you know, for you, what would you say your biggest takeaway is from from this journey you've been on, um, and what's been your most critical? Uh, I guess your your most critical. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Wow, great podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, your greatest realization. Yeah, shit. Okay. Um, well, I guess with one thing that you were like surprised about, like how I guess late it was. It, it's never too late, guys. <laughs> like, um, I I know I always I kind of felt like I pushed it back and everything, but uh, and like you know it's something I want to do. Don't feel like you have to rush into it or whatever. Just whatever, or like you 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 won't ever get into it if you're too old or whatever. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just kind of going on a tangent now. Um, That's just fucking right. do it. Right. You know, you know. Just summarize. Just 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 do it. <laughs> yesterday you said tomorrow <laughs> yeah um oh. but yeah and um um what else what else do we learn about <laughs> now what did we learn about today kids just do it anything yeah. else <laughs> no no <laughs> Oh, I mean that, that that's good advice, man. Just like don't don't hesitate. Just fucking you know, if you if you want to make shit and you want to be creative, just fucking do it because no one's gonna hold your hand and walk you into it. It's it, you know, it's a personal decision and just That's it, yeah. Fucking get on that horse, baby. Actually don't do that. Horse riding <laughs> is unethical. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, shit. get on get on the proverbial horse, fellas yeah, and ladies and proverbial. gender non denominative. Uh let's go. <laughs> yeah um and yeah that, that's really it just 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 get on board have fun with it um and oh i guess if you want to take a part from like my journey sort of thing like if, if it doesn't feel right like if you're not vibing it like if, if it feels off inside you like with, with who you're working with um it might be a good idea to take a step back and just, just you know, fucking dip yeah, yeah, because you never know what might be around the corner. You you could find, you know, some uh, another team that that's you're a lot better to work with, or you know, better opportunities on the horizon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But just trust how you feel, trust your instincts, sort of thing. You know you best, so um, yeah. Don't sleep on that. That's awesome. Don't sleep. Awesome. Don't don't sleep on your your feeling, and don't sleep on joining a band just fucking do it <laughs> awesome well thank you for coming on to the show tom it's been wonderful talking to you i feel like we got to know each other a little bit better i think yeah, uh, after yeah, this, we're gonna get some beers have a cuddle i would like that, that stuff. I'd, yeah i'd really like both of those things oh, man. <laughs> i just yeah dan andrew said it best get on the beers yeah. daddy dangerous Oh, fucking hell. Okay, well, it's been lovely talking to you, man. Thank you for jumping on the pod, and I will uh, wrap this up with you now so we can hit stop on the recording, I guess. Cheers, bro. Good time.